Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. So uh, the scripture reading is Luke 5, um, verses 14 through 16. And if you want to look in the Bibles in your pew, it's on page 997. I was just listening to the podcast On Being. Many of you listened to that one with Krista Tippett. And she recently um, interviewed the translator of this um, version of the Bible uh, that's called The Message by Eugene Peterson. And it's kind of amazing, but he translated the whole Bible into language that's a little bit more familiar to modern ears. Um, and so I had a copy in my office this morning and I thought, let's, let's give this one a go. So it will read differently than the one in your pew. Jesus instructed him, don't talk about this all over town. He's talking about um, the man he uh, he cured of leprosy. So he he was telling his disciples, don't talk about this all over town. Just quietly present your healed self to the priest, along with the offering ordered by Moses. Your cleansed and obedient life, not your words, will bear witness to what I have done. But the man couldn't keep it to himself, and the word got out. Soon a large crowd of people had gathered to listen and be healed of their ailments. And then Jesus, in a classic Jesus move, the text says, as often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out-of-the-way places for prayer. <clears throat> a couple months ago, I was meeting with Peg at Maplewood Coffee and Tea for our supervisory meeting. She went to go get more water for her tea and came back to our table and said, there's a young man out there with a clerical collar on. Before we leave, you should connect with him. Sure enough, as we finished up our meeting and made our way to the front door, I spotted him sitting behind a computer. I went up and introduced myself and told him a bit about West Hills, since we're only a block away. We made plans to sit down for coffee to hear more about his congregation and about the work of the church in Portland. Been thinking about that brief encounter and how it would have likely never happened if his outward appearance was different that morning. Over the course of my eight years in Portland, I've attended quite a few rallies, marches, and protests organized by faith leaders in the city. 
When I arrive, I am always struck by how underdressed I am. No collars or robes for this Quaker, just some tattoos and an old black t-shirt. To the naked eye, I look like a person walking down the street who decided to stop in and see what the fuss was all about. What we wear communicates something to the world. And in many ways, it can be an invitation or a signal of the types of interactions we hope to foster in the world. We Quakers have a history with this. <clears throat> John Woolman was modeling it for us this morning. One of the things many non-Quakers know about us is that we used, we used to dress differently. Tied in with the testimony of simplicity was a commitment to plain dress. Part of the motivation for that was how we communicated power and status. By not adorning ourselves or being elaborate, we communicated our place in the community of commoners and an end and intention towards a right relationship with our things. And yet, this did set us apart. It became a talking point. And it is a part of our reputation. <clears throat> when we wake in the morning, so much of our attitude and energy for the upcoming day is set in those first moments. I think that is why what we wear has become such an important part of our morning routines. But it also has me thinking about how the intentions I set in the morning often have impacts for the way I interact with my family, the people I know and love that I meet throughout the day, and the strangers I pass on the street. I think our brothers and sisters of other faith traditions have decided that the work of getting ready in the morning, including putting on certain items of clothing, helps us remember to enter into a deeper and more centered state so that we may be able to be present. This way of preparing has me thinking, what if we thought of this process of getting ready, even if we do not choose special clothing, as a way of putting on our intentions for the day? What if we put on compassion? <clears throat> I've been experimenting with this, especially on mornings when I awake feeling overwhelmed or hurried or just not fully engaged with myself. I spend a few extra minutes sitting at the foot of my bed, quieting my mind and setting my intention for the day. Today, I am putting on compassion. Today, I will pay attention to the light of God in everyone I meet. Today, I will carry grace with me. Today, I will look deeper. I will see differently. When I read Jesus going off into the wilderness to pray, I often wonder about what he did during that time. Jesus was gathering a following, huge crowd, 
even after he told the man cured of leprosy not to tell anybody, he couldn't help it, and a gigantic crowd turned out. He was gathering a following, and Jesus was human. I don't know, I don't know about you, but I am not always my best self when I'm in crowds. My brain shifts into efficiency mode. My movements become quick, my decision-making a bit more judgmental. Move here, squeeze through, communicate quickly. I wonder if Jesus started to feel that in himself, a bit of patience melting away. I don't know. I mean, he was both fully human and fully God, so maybe he had this whole thing down. But I don't think the scriptures noted him going away by himself for no reason. It seemed to be an important part of the sustainability of Jesus' ministry. It makes me wonder if Jesus was doing some of this recentering, some of this intention setting in those moments alone, so that his fully godness could rise to the surface surface within his fully human body and form. And if so, we only need to look as far as our own tradition to acknowledge that we too have that of God within us. And perhaps in order to allow that godness within ourselves to rise to the surface, we too need to set our intention every morning. Some queries for open worship. I'm curious, how do you do the work of intention setting in the morning? How has the process of getting ready in the morning become a rhythm for you? How do you daily prepare your heart to be ready to acknowledge that of God in everyone you meet? Hey. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.